Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Put your hands together for Jesus. Are you excited to be in the house of God tonight? Hey, this morning, sorry. I mean, tell you anyone, I'm glad to be sitting by you today. Well, the Bible says that um, whatsoever things have been written aforetime are for our learning, and that through those scriptures we would have comfort and hope. Amen. And testimonies are things that have happened aforetime, and I believe that today, if you pay attention to it, you're going to have something to learn, you're going to have some comfort, and you're going to have some hope. Amen. And I want us to put our hands together and let's welcome our brother Benjamin, who is giving a testimony for today. His testimony is about how God has transformed his, father, his relationship with his father. Amen. So Benjamin, tell us your name and where you're from. My name is Benjamin Uswansa. I am from British Accra constituency, and I'm a center leader for Jamestown. Amen. My testimony is about how, through the teachings of the prophet, my relationship with my father has been restored. Amen. So about 27 years of my life, I had never seen my dad. I had never heard from him, and it wasn't easy. I'm from a family of six, so you can imagine. I heard he left when I was two. So you say your father was away for how many years? 27 years. 27 years. Yes. Tell me about that. 27 years is a very long time. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. But by the grace of God, as I kept, kept coming to church and then listening to the preachings and teachings of our prophets, I believed I was being prepared for a day that I didn't know or I never knew would come. So you were telling me about how you resented your father, how yes. it felt like in your experiences. Hallelujah. So there were times I'll be in school, they would call for pity wow. that parents will have to come for, I mean, a meeting on behalf of their wards. And there wouldn't be anyone to call <laughs> because my mom wasn't available and my dad was nowhere. So one day, a particular teacher made a remark, you at all, when is someone going to come for your meeting? Your teacher told you that? Yes, he looked at me and then said that to me. Wow. I was like, wow, I don't know. I was just quiet and then worried. But it made me more resentful towards him. I was very bitter. I never really wanted to see him again, no matter what. And through the church, by the grace of God, through the teachings of our prophet, I learned that we, are, we must honor our fathers. We must, you know relate well with our fathers and that is a way of becoming blessed we must labor to be blessed by honoring our fathers so i mean i was getting prepared gradually as i kept hearing those powerful testimonies and, you say you met him and teachings so one time i was at the office when was this um barely two years ago yes just two years ago i was at the office i think i left home earlier or something and then i had a, i had a call from my working colleague that somebody called and the person said it's your dad he's looking for you 
was like, my dad, you the really don't know. The one who went away for 27 years. Yes, the one who has been away for 27 years. Mm-hmm. He's like, you really don't know what you are talking about. He's looking for me. Mm-hmm. So he said he's giving my number to him to call. I was like, okay. But I was expectant because honestly, I had overcome my bitterness and my resentment because of the preachings and the teachings of wow. the house. I think you put your hands together for Jesus for such a transformation. Yes, hallelujah. So I was just there on one afternoon and then the call came in. I was like, Benjamin. I said, yes, please. Said, Who is this, please? I was like, this is your dad. Your dad. I was quiet for some time. I was like, oh, okay. Nice to hear from you. Wow. And I mean, the relationship started from there. He kept calling to check up on me. Kept, I kept relating, we were discussing issues and all that. And I made time to go and see him. I bought a gift and I went to see him and then told him that I'm happy to see him. He actually gave me a hug. Wow. And it was a beautiful moment. Oh, I think you should put your hands together for Jesus. You know, this is a very remarkable testimony. You know, he, this is someone who has not seen his father for 27 years. And you can imagine the resentment, the hatred and the bitterness you have towards his father. But by the grace of God, on his first meeting with his father, he opened up his heart to receive from his father. And I think you should put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. The says that we are, we, should, we will be transformed by the of our mind. And I believe that teachings that he has church today, teachings he has had in church today, had in church all his life. He's been transformed. His relationship with his father is transformed. And I believe that that's the same thing that's going to happen to you if you keep on coming to church. The words you hear will transform you. So Benjamin, what do you have to say to everyone? What else do you have to say to everyone? Hallelujah. Yes. Honestly, I believe that one important thing that I would be very ungrateful I don't say is at that point that I was waiting for his call, I believe it was an opportunity to reflect over the teachings that I had had from the house because it would have been my moment of embracing a curse by behaving nasty or not answering a call or talking in a funny way. But through the the prophecies and the teachings, I had the grace to respond well and to even embrace the opportunity to speak to my father and I want to use this opportunity to encourage everyone here that it is a blessed house we are in here our father loves us and he tells us the truth we are learning the right things at the right age of our lives and we should continue coming daddy don't stop teaching us don't stop helping us we do appreciate and God richly bless you Come on, put your hands together for Jesus for such a powerful testimony. Amen. I believe that you are being changed. You are being transformed as you come to church. Your life is becoming better in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. an offering, take out a very powerful offering this Sunday afternoon. You want to honor the Lord with your substance, take out a very good offering and lift up your offering high above your head as we pray. Father, we thank you for the blessing of giving. Bless the seed that we are given. May be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the Greater Love Gospel Choir. Please come to the front with your offering. Please give your offering as you come to the stage. Turn 
So 
Hallelujah. Can you hear the showers of blessing? Are you excited to be in church today? Stand to your feet. Shake yourself. Wake yourself up. And lift up your hands and speak in tongues for five seconds. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Ask God to touch your life. Ask the Lord to implant something. And everybody, close your eyes. Lift up your hands. Don't talk to somebody. And speak in tongues for five seconds. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to move in this place. Let's ask for God to speak to us. God to direct us. The word of God is about to come. Our pastor is about to come up. God is about to touch your life. And I'm praying that nothing distracts you. Nothing keeps you away from what the Holy Spirit has for you. The word that God has for you. Today is the day your life changes. Today is the day your destiny is transformed. The Lord really wants to speak to you this afternoon. The Lord really has a word for you. Now tell Lord, I'm ready to hear from you. Tell the Lord, I'm ready to hear from you. Tell the Lord one more time, I'm ready to hear from you. Amen. And now let's sing and declare that nothing is impossible when we put our trust in God. Amen. Can you feel the presence of God? Let's sing, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. experiencing in your house today we give you thanks and we give you praise lord in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen god bless you you may be seated what a blessing to be in church today amen I woke up this morning and I saw a whole lot of messages on my phone. I, I hear it's Father's Day today. <laughs> so, thank God for fathers. Amen. 
Yesterday, um, or yeah, yesterday was Saturday, uh, at our Anakazo Encounter Service. We had a, a brother, is it Ohiniba? Is that his name? Are you here, Ohiniba? Are you here? He's not here, okay. But I wish he was here. But anyway, he's part of the Anakazo service. You know, we've divided the church into four. As soon as we finished building, we divided ourselves into four and then split up. Why not? So that we can even become more serious to grow. Amen. But he gave an amazing testimony. And he said that he listened to a message or so. And in the message, he had a message that everything you need, you will get it from your father. Or it's your initial remarks. Actually, he said it was the initial remarks. Increase volumes. We need volumes so that it's very easy to hear. We are not shouting. Preaching is not shouting. Amen. Now, um, and it's true. You know, if you look at real wealth, real wealth in the world, most real wealth, when I say real wealth, wealth which is a little more than what you earn and you eat. Because usually what you earn, you usually need to use most of it in real life in every country. There's very little left over from working. It's the case. The case is, is like work hard and I mean no matter the job, and no matter what they say, you'll you, you, you be surprised you're doing calculations. So, you find that real wealth or wealth beyond a certain level comes from inheritance. If you drive through um, most of the streets of major cities like London, Paris, Let's say Moscow. Moscow, I remember one time I was driving through Moscow. And um, you notice that, you will not notice till you, you notice that almost every building on your right and your left is four stories high. In London, it's the same. They rarely do have a building that's one floor. And if the whole road is always at four stories or five. Next time you are in such a city, start counting, you, you'll see. You'll be there. I mean, if you haven't been there, you'll be there soon. Because I told you, I'm a pastor of travelers. Yes. Now, one day, I was thinking to myself, who owns all these buildings? On Fleet Street, Bond Street, Oxford Street in London, Park Lane, even Old Kent Road, which is the poorest in the Monopoly game. You know, you can know London by playing Monopoly. So those of you who have not started. You find out that somebody owns it. 
And those, the cities are very old. They are hundreds of years old. So who owns these things? So they've been there and they keep passing on to some people who we don't know who they are. So there is a realm of wealth that comes through um, inheritance. So anointing also comes by inheritance. So your father is a source. Even if he's a poor man, you'll be surprised that he is the source of your wealth. The poor man father that you have. If not for anything, for the blessing that he will speak over your life. So, if you are part of this commission, one of the things you, you have to learn is to honor your father whether he paid your school fees or not. To honor your father whether he's a rich man or a poor man. To honor your father whether he's a free man or even he's in prison. To honor your father no matter what. That's your only re- relationship with fathers. Is honor. The rest is after you. Your, no, your duty is not to correct him. Your duty is not to find fault with him. Your duty is not to advise him. Your duty is to honor him. That's all. I mean, sometimes God gives us one thing. We want to add three more things. Have you been made his advisor? Have you made his counselor? Have you been made his corrector? Have you been made his whatever? Honor your father that it may be well with you and that you may live long. And if you don't honor, you will not, it will not be well with you and you will not live long. So, happy Father's Day and every relationship with every father that is not working begins to work from today in Jesus' name. And all of us who have made mistakes with your father and with fathers, how many feel that you have made a mistake before? Stand up so that we confess. That those who have not made any, like you can have your seat. Let's use today's Father's Day to confess any mistake we have made by slip of tongue, slip of thought in relation to any father, dead or alive. How many sometimes feel worried that you've said something or been a certain way, you get what I'm saying, that brings things. Lift your hands and let's pray right now concerning fathers that God has given. Mokatala mandala mandola shedele mandala babandala bakabarada. Mamara bandala mandala barabara soda la mandaka barandaliba. Everyone just pray, honor thy father, that it may be well. All of us, one of our sins, one of the major sins of our lives is mistakes in relation to fathers. Father, Koramada Zamalole Marandale Bashandola Kabarandalida. We pray right now. We pray right now. We pray right now, Jesus. We pray right now. 
Confess bitterness. Bitterness against fathers. Bitterness against fathers. Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Bitterness. Forgive us, Lord. We do, Lord. We ask you to cleanse us. Cleanse us, Lord. From our painful yes. wickedness yes. and sin. And say, Lord. For we and spoke. Mm. Confess your words which you spoke, which you shouldn't have spoken. Yes, Lord. My God. My God. Karama Nulaba Shambala. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We thank you, Father. For mercy, we confess yes. our pride, yes, our haughtiness, yes. our wickedness, our, wickedness, our bitterness. Yes. Let us be cleansed and forgiven forever and from this. Yes. We thank you. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. Yes. Now just thank God. Thank you you are forgiven. Thank you for forgiving. If we confess our sin, ah. it's faithful and just, faithful and just. to forgive us. Yes. And cleanse us from yes. all yes. unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you, Father, Thank you, Jesus. for forgiving us Thank you, Jesus, for and forgiving cleansing us, us yes. from our sins. Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. 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 God bless you.
seated. Now, Now, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Since today is Father's Day, I, I'm just going to share something small with you. And then... So I want to talk about bastards and sons. Bastards and sons. Amen. Hmm? <laughs> I didn't talk about bastards. Hmm? What is the female version of a bastard? Bastardina. Bastardess. Bastarina. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and from verse 5. If you have forgotten, have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children? So good sons, right, can be exhorted in a way that you talk to a child. The exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Look at it. Speaketh unto you as unto children. So there is a way you can be spoken to like you are a child. And there's a way you'll be spoken to you, you'll be spoken to diplomatically, respectfully. Okay? My son, and today I'm going to give you a formula which, if you remember, I'll give you a formula with some words. And I'll give you these words. You, you write them down, or if you, you can remember them, and you take it and keep it in your heart and in your cupboard and use it from now till the last day of your life. Yeah, I'll just give you a little formula to keep with you because today is Father's Day. So I'm just a short preaching, something small, and then we are off. Okay? Beautiful. Now, back to my scripture. You have forgotten the 
exhortation which speaks to you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Okay, now what? Faint. Faint when thou art rebuked of him. Amen. Now, the word faint is the word discouraged. Okay? Or to dissolve. Don't dissolve when you are rebuked. Don't what? Dissolve. It's like you change your substance. You were a cube of sugar and you've totally changed because of what? One rebuke. Read your Bible. Look at it. It says, the scripture, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Always pray you can be spoken to as a children. As a what? A children. Pray. And if you sense a grown-up is talking to you too respectfully, you have to say, please, you are not talking to me as unto a children. And I don't, I don't appreciate it. I don't feel comfortable with this way of talking. Talk to me as a child. I prefer. I prefer. Sometimes you should sense that somebody is being guarded when he's talking to you. Because the person is afraid of you. Not afraid in the sense of fear, but afraid in the sense of too cautious because the person thinks you may be some way. Yes, you are sensitive. You can be offended. So you there, you must be praised. If you don't take care, he'll kneel down and worship you right now. I've, I've actually worship one of my sons in the ministry. I just lay down in front of him because it was like it was too much. So I just prostrated in front of him. I said, yeah. Because I now need to worship you. Okay. Have you enjoyed the verse so far? Tell your neighbor, I have a feeling that um, You've been targeted by today's message. Bastards and sons. Father's Day message. It's a Father's Day exhortation. As unto a children. Now, verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So, chastening is the great sign of love. Never be deceived into thinking that people who speak only nice and good things are people who love you. For instance, in preaching, if every preaching is, ah, you are going to be great, you are going to be the best, you are going to be rich, you are going to have whatever, look, it's deception. It's not love because the truth is that 
you are going to go out of this world one day. You know, I remember one day, one of my church members became sick. And the doctors told her that you have this number of days to live. Do you see? So as we were all facing death, I discussed with her. And one of the questions I asked was that, have I been a good pastor to you? I asked her, have I been a good pastor to you? Because now we are all looking at going out of the world. And she said, you have been. You told me, you've always told me about eternity. You have always encouraged me to serve God and prepared me for going out of this world. Not just pampering me with nice, you are nice, you are good, 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 you are nice, you are good. No. So when eternity comes, you will see who is actually being a good pastor to you. Yeah. When eternity comes, you will really now see, oh, this man has been a very good man to me. I mean, he, he faced me and made me do what is good for eternity. And now look at me, I'm going into eternity. Yes. Eternity eh, is something that comes. And a time comes where you will know people who are dying. I, I know people who are dying now as I'm speaking. Yes, we know this, these are the days that are left. And it's a wild place to get to. You see this one, these are the days we are moving, we are moving, we are moving, we are moving. We know that the next main thing is to die. Yeah. So don't think that, oh, oh you love me so you said uh, this week you get your contract. Next week you get uh, the document to be signed. Next week you'll be approved. Next week, yeah, it's uh, this. Hey, man, you are going to, it's nice and it's good. But I tell you, read it in verse 6. It says, whom the Lord loveth, okay? Mr. Man, be with me and change the screen when I'm changing. Or your job is over after today. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And he, yes, he chasteneth. If you love. And then you chasten. It's not just nice things. Chasten and scourges. Scourges. Yes. You whip the person into the right behavior. It's true. And if you don't have that, you grow up into a monster. Many people don't know that they are monsters or monsterinas. Do you know what is a monsterina? It's a female monster. And a monster is a male monster. For gender balance. I need to balance things. What a man can do, a woman can do. She can do better, actually. <laughs> you see, you're fighting for your rights. It's turning against you now. You see now? I'll never have used such an example. Monsterina, what a man can do, a woman can do better. Wow, look. So, whom he loves, whom he loves, he chasteneth. So, one of the expressions of God's love is chastening, pain, and whipping into action. Yes. Come on! And rebukes. 
Don't forget, if I don't give you, I'm going to give you guys a formula. Everybody write it down and you're going home with it. That's even that's actually what I'm aiming at. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Some of you girls don't know how to cook because you've never been chastened. You've never been whipped into action. Every time cooking was done for you, cooking was done for you, cooking was done for you, you don't know Nero. And you are lucky that the man you marry has a Catholic taste. A Catholic taste means universal. Catholic means universal. It can flow with anything. Without salt, salt, no salt, this, that, no, this, that, nothing. Everything goes. Are you there? The church is quite big, so when I keep walking, it's far away. (laughs) Yes. So, if you are being loved, you'll be getting these ones as well. And you must know that that's love. That's really love. Many ladies, they want a strong man to marry them. Yes. You'd be surprised. So, you can do this. You can do anything goes or whatever. He's just flowing with every useless thing. He's just flowing with it. Initially, it looks good. But you'll be surprised that a man who just allows you to do anything all the time is never upset about anything. You, you may grow later to resent him. Yes, you'll be surprised. I've seen it. That it's like, oh, but as my husband, you should have even said this or that. And I'd have even known the right thing to do or the limits. It's too easy. Okay, don't, don't chew gum here. Swallow it. Swallow the chewing gum. You don't swallow chewing gum. Do you speak English? Swallow the... Okay, take the chewing gum. Give it to me. Give me. Please, nobody should chew chewing gum in the church. Eh? We beg you. Put it in the paper. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Now, if you know you are chewing gum, do you see? Advise yourself. Because I'm preparing you to go to Singapore. Yes. Singapore, they, they, they check your, hand, your luggage for, for chewing gum. They don't want to chewing gum in the country. Yes. They check for chewing gum. You can't, you can't go out of chewing gum. Yeah. How many want to be prepared for Singapore? You see, that's love. That's love. Say so which pastor is working? You see, actually, you tell us take your chewing gum out of your mouth, swallow your chewing gum. Ooh. Yes. 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 That's real love. Can you imagine? Someday he's preaching, say chewing gum, bring your chewing gum. Can you imagine it? We, we are in church, we have been in so many churches, nobody will confront us like that. How, do you know how imagine how embarrassed I feel in the church? All the people around are looking at me. Eh? Because I'm chewing gum. Alright. Verse 7. 
encouraging. Now, if you endure chastening, if you can, then God dealeth with you as with sons. If you can endure it. If you can endure it, then God is dealing with you as with a son. Amen. Or as a daughter. If you can endure it. Can you endure it? I'll give you the formula. Do you want the formula? Hey, expect it. It's a short formula, but you are taking it home with you. Yes. Now, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Verse 8. Now, if you are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. That's why I said I'm talking about bastards and sons. A bastard is a person who is without chastening, without correction, no blastings, no facings, no issue, only worship, praises and nice words spoken to you. Then you are without chastening, then you are a bastard. Simple and short. It's a spiritual word for a son or a daughter who cannot and is not capable of enduring correction or chastisement. And such people would then walk away sometimes from the house. I know people who've left their homes. And that's one of the terrible things for a child to lead the home. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. I can't stand this man. I can't stand this, uh, my, uh, whatever, my father. No, 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 I can't take it anymore. I, I need, I need liberty. I need, I need, I need peace. My father hates me. My father doesn't like me. And you are talking and complaining about this man all the time. It is because you are a bastard. And not a son. I'm using the biblical definition, actually. The definition is if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, all of us are partakers, then are ye bastards. Amen. Are you excited about that? Amen. So, God wants to bless you mightily. Alright? Now, progressively, God will be dealing with you. Now, if you look at Abraham, you see in one of the testimonies of Abraham, are you listening? It says, and the Lord knew that Abraham was faithful in all his afflictions. Okay? For he had tried him through 
his country and with famine. He had tried him with the wealth of kings. I'm reading from the Bible. A Bible. He had tried him again through his wife when she was torn from him by the Egyptians. He had tried him with circumcision. One man. He had tried him again through Ishmael and Hagar, his maidservant, when he sent them away. And in everything wherein he had tried him, he was found faithful. And his soul was not impatient and he was not slow to act for he was faithful and a lover of the Lord. So then God said to him, behold, Isaac, your son, he was now bringing another test to see whether Abraham would survive because he has tried him tent. In this book, it says he, Abraham was tried ten times. And the tenth was with Isaac. Yeah. And I, I read all the tests that he went through. He was tested on each front. Then at the end, he was tried with Isaac, his only son. And it's true. So, in your life, you'll be surprised God is taking you through several tests. And shall I read Abraham's test again? Yeah. I don't think you got it because you're all so quiet. Yeah. And the Lord knew that Abraham was faithful in all his afflictions. Yeah. Actually, I'll read a little before. It says, And the prince Mastima, which was Satan, came and said before God, Behold, Abraham loveth Isaac his son, and he delighted in him above all things. Bid him offer him as a burnt offering on the altar, and thou wilt see if he will do this command. And thou wilt know if he is faithful in everything wherein thou dost try him. And the Lord knew that Abraham was faithful in all his afflictions, for he had tried him through his country with farming. Now, that famine was a test. This pandemic is a test. People, people are failing and falling through the pandemic. Many events are tests. I've been through many tests. You have also been through many tests. But some of the circumstances of your life, you don't even realize that, oh, it's a test. Some of you were living in England. You came even to Bible school in Ghana. And it was a test to see. And then some of your past coolies like, oh, Ghana, oh, I can stay in Ghana. It's not a problem at all. You think I can only stay in London or in uh, this town or this place? Oh, not a problem. So that is a test. You pass it. Sometimes you're in university. You, this is, he tried you in university and see how you behave when you are in school. Then he gives you a job and see how you behave when you have a job. Make you a lady pastor and see how you behave as a lady pastor. Each level is a test. He says, Abraham was faithful in all his afflictions. He had tried him through his country with famine. He had tried him with the wealth of kings. Yes, because he became very wealthy. Then he tried him again through his wife when she was torn away from him. And he tried him with circumcision. Circumcised. 
Abraham, you know, and at the end he says, he never was slow to obey God. Yeah. He tried him through Ishmael and Hagar. It was a family crisis. But not knowing that it was an affliction. When he sent them away, and in everything he had tried him, he was, number one, found faithful. Number two, his soul was not impatient. Impatience. And he was not slow to act. For he was faithful and a lover of the Lord. Wow. Notice these qualities. He was not impatient. He was not slow to act. He was faithful in everything that he was told to do. Because he was faithful and a lover of the Lord. So, your whole life involves various testings. God the Father is making sure that we are not bastards. One day I, I called a pastor. He was going through a test. And he, I don't think he realized. Because what happened was that he was the assistant pastor to a, a senior pastor. Now, the senior pastor's way and style of doing things, you get it, was not how he would have done it. And you see, to be a leader, everybody's different. Everybody leads in a different way. So this brother leads in his own way. And it was a slower way and a way of doing things. But this brother who was uh, under him started to be agitated and to rebel against the senior pastor who was there. He started to be agitated. So one day I called him, I said, look, you are failing. My words, I said, you are failing this test. Don't let this thing destroy you. What? The test of being under somebody. Just the test of being under the leadership of somebody whose ways of leading, you don't like it. But look at what he said about Abraham. He was not impatient. Notice, not impatient. And also he was not slow to act. Yes, and he was a lover of the Lord and he was faithful in all that he was told to do. This, I'm reading from an Ethiopian Bible. What test are you going through? He was faithful in his marriage crisis with Hagar and the, what do you call him, his child. He was faithful when his, his wife was taken away. He, he left it to God. God himself plagued the one who had come to take his wife. He plagued him. Because he could have also started a war doing something. But he left it to God. And God himself took it up. Now he was left with one test to see whether he would really love God. And that was to do with Isaac. But it took him years. Progressively, he was undergoing issue of, upon issue. Are you with me? So my prayer for you is that as a child, a son or a daughter of God himself, a son to fathers, biological, spiritual, ministry, all types of fathers that God ever allows to be in your life, you must not fail. You must not be a son who is too big to be corrected, spoken to guided and spoken to us and to children. Are you there or you are leaving? 
Yes. So, what verse are we in? Verse 8. Verse 9. Furthermore, we had fathers of our flesh. We have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. And what was our response? We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? If we could be humble towards earthly fathers, can you not be humble towards a heavenly father or almighty God who has good plans for you? So brothers and sisters, I know that none of you listening is ever going to be a bastard. In Jesus' name, amen. What a blessing to never be counted as a bastard. Now, Second Chronicles. Turn with me to Second Chronicles and we are getting nearer the master key that I want to give to you. Now, what is it that makes a person right unrebukable, uncorrectable? What is it that makes a person into a bastard? It's pride. Pride. Okay? Why? Because you never have, you cannot speak to your father in a certain way unless you are filled with pride. In fact, you'll never see a fault in your father until you feel big enough to see a fault. You never see a fault. It is when you're, you've become bigger than you ought to be that you start to see faults. Yes. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 10. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. The Bible says that Rehoboam became the king. And when it came to pass, Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who was in Egypt, whether he had fled from the presence of Solomon the king, heard it that Jeroboam returned out of Egypt. So Jeroboam and all Israel came to see Rehoboam and said, your father made our yoke grievous, that is Solomon. Now therefore ease thou somewhat the grievous servitude of thy father and his yoke that he put on us and we will serve thee. And he said unto them, come to see me after three days. Verse five, verse six, and King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men that stood before Solomon, his father, saying, what should I tell these people? And they spake unto him and said, if you are kind to these people and please them and speak good words, they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old man gave him 
and took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him and that stood before him. And he said to them, what advice do you give that I should return to answer these people who have said to me, ease somewhat the yoke that my father put on us. And the young men that were brought up with him spake unto him saying, thou shalt answer the people that speak unto thee saying, thy father made our yoke heavy but thou make thou it lighter but thus you shall say my little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins okay that is waist so this is your finger everybody look at your finger so he said my little finger will be bigger than my waist so what he's saying is that so when he holds a whip the whip will be very big very hard, very strong. He's wilder than his father. For my father put a yoke on you. I will put more to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. In other words, I'm going to tie scorpions at my whips. I was whipping, my father was whipping but mine, I'll whip you and there'll be a scorpion. So when the whip hits you, a scorpion will bite you and then I pull the whip back. So you get a whip and then a scorpion. So, Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam and they said, and the Bible says, the king answered them roughly and forsook the counsel of the old men and answered the answers that he gave them. And when all Israel saw that the king would not hearken to them, the people said, hey, what is this? So you see, the old men, the fathers, okay, advised this boy. Fathers, old men who had been with his father, gave him advice. Do this. But he forsook the advice of fathers. Are you with me? He forsook the advice of fathers. He said, oh, oh. the things you are saying are not clever. So everybody, you see, that is why in the church, when your father says you can't marry this person, that's the end of the marriage for us. We don't advise people to, but if your father is really insisting, hey, hands off. You you leave it. That is what we do. If you do, if you go, that is up to you. He forsook the counsel of the old men. The old men are the fathers who have been with his father. And his father was not alive. So those old men constituted fathers. Everybody should know that old men, the Bible says you shall rise up before the gray head and honor them. They are fathers. Do you see? Yeah. So those who look at old men and feel, oh, what is your use? You know, you are making a big mistake. And it's not going to be well with you. And you're going to not experience the greatness. Now, because Rehoboam rejected fathers, his fathers, the father's advice, the Bible says that all the tribes left and they said, Charlie, we are not under you. 
And Rehoboam went later to go and try to use force. They stoned him. And he escaped with his very dear life. So in one day, the reign of peace which his father had established, he lost everything. He lost 10 or 11 of the tribes and was left with one tribe by not listening to fathers. When he says that, honor your father, it may be well with you. It was not well with him at all. In one day, his kingdom divided and was left with one twelfth. One twelfth. And that was the end of Israel. In just one not listening and not heeding to good advice, his ministry down to nothing. His life down to nothing. His marriage down to nothing. Everything just shrinks. Because there's that word that it may be well with you. That you may live long. Everything. Never mock at advice given to you by someone whom you don't even know why he knows more. You'll be shocked that your whole life down. Look me, I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a vet. That's a doctor of lizards, doctor of cows, doctor of whatever. This was my vision. My father told me I should not be a vet. And then he sent me to his brother and told, let his brother talk to me. It was my, it was my father's brother who, was, who advised me what your father wants you to be because I like animals. I like animals. You wait and come to an Akazo sometime. You see a lion here. You see this here. You see that. You'll be, you'll be amazed. <laughs> if I was a vet, I would have been injecting all of them. But it was my uncle, not my father. My father's brother who prevailed on me to you should be a doctor. So I said, okay. Yes. No, my mother didn't say anything. My mother didn't mind whatever I do or be. But my father. And your father's brother, these are the old men. And I'm, I'm glad I followed what my father, I'm glad I'm a doctor, not a vet. I'm not saying that it's not good to be a vet. It's good to be a vet. But I'm trying to explain that I'm glad that I'm, I did this one. Are you listening to me? Yeah. You have to be humble. Because some people, although they are young in age, they have the attitude of a person who is a co-equal. You can be young and be attitude-wise 70 years old. Just as your body, you can be 50 years old, but with a young mind, flowing. That's how come there are people in greater love in the first love church, because they may have an older body, but a greater love for God, and then a younger mind. It's like a car, which have, they've changed the engine. Yes, they've changed the engine. The car is but the engine is changed. And what will you do? I have a car like that in my house. The car is very old, but we changed the engine. So you see it moving. It's working still. 
Yeah, because we changed the engine. Now, Rehoboam is an example of puffing up. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. 1 Corinthians, notice, charity, and I'm going to use the King James. Normally, I use NESV for love because I don't like the word charity. I prefer love. But I think it's showing something. It says, charity suffereth long, or love, suffers for a long time, like they were saying about Abraham, and is kind, okay, and does not envy, and vaunteth not itself. You see, you, you don't make yourself vaunting. You even get there, but the word vaunt sounds like a balloon. But it, it means you to speak big words and say big things. And then it's not puffed up. Puffed up is big. You haven't grown to that size, but you've expanded abnormally to that size, even though you are not really of that size. So your words and your actions are like the actions of somebody who is so big, but actually you are not big. It is evil growth. It's like swelling, the swelling of a person who has either liver disease or heart disease or kidney disease or hypoproteinemia or some other kind of serious condition. Swelling. Ascites. The stomach is swollen. The body is swollen. The face gets swollen. It's an evil to be bigger than you are by growth. Growth hasn't given you those things. Hmm. So, number one, big too quickly is a sign of pride. Never be big too quickly. Number two, never be big out of order. Rehoboam is an example of being puffed up. He was big too quickly. And number two, he was out of inappropriate bigness. Number three, he was the largest and his big behavior was actually a disease, a spiritual disease. That is why he speaks that way and acts that way. It's a disease, spiritually sick. Number four, it is bigness that will destroy because he was destroyed. He was too big to listen to fathers and old men talking. And also, number five, is bigness did that did not happen gradually. You see, a person who is big gradually, do you get it? Is healthy. That is why you'll be 70, but you are, have grown over the years. Wealth is like that. You can have wealth gradually. It's different from somebody who suddenly has a lot of money. Because when you suddenly have a lot of money, most of the time, we don't know what to do. So, it is important that you do these things and be very careful. So, let me show you the pride of Rehoboam. Number one, 
forsaking of advice. Number two, hardness on followers. When you are very hard on your followers, do you see, you, the a hardness that you don't, you don't have a right to exert. Amen. Number three, assumption that you are at the level of your father. If I shout at somebody or I am express, express certain words at somebody, be careful that you don't try expressing those things because the person may not take it. And you may not have the right to talk in that way. Yes. That is why it's difficult to be a stepmother or a stepfather because when the child is misbehaving like a normal child and you want to say, you are a foolish girl. Remember that it's not your child. When you shout at the child, it's as though you don't love the child because it's somebody else's child. So it's not easy to rebuke somebody who is not your child. And so the person in authority, you have to be careful that you do not assume that you are your father or you are at the level of certain things. Yeah. Number four, despising elders' advice and grown-ups' advice. Number six, number five, wickedness of using scorpions. When you see a wicked person manifesting, you realize that this wicked person who is manifesting is not a son that has grown up is pride that makes you feel I can do this wicked thing to this person you will never recover wickedness is often a sign of pride yeah I would, I would, I would beat you with scorpions wow <laughs> number six stepping into a father's shoes presumptuously Number seven, following a great person presumptuously. You are following no other person than Solomon. Presumptuously. Presumptuous is to assume. You assume so many things. Even driving your father's car. Do you know how he got the car? When you grow up, you will see that it's not easy to have a car. As you just take the car and you are moving. Presumptuously following your father. Number eight, answering roughly. He answered them roughly. Number nine, issuing threats. Threatening people. I've had people threatening me. I'll do this. I'll show him. One person said, the zeal which you taught me, I'll use that zeal to persecute you. Yes. <laughs> yes. One person said, I'll drive you out. Oh, I've had all sorts of threats from people that I raised up as sons. And all because you wouldn't be a son who can be spoken to or chastised as a child. So today, you see that Rehoboam lost everything and became, he was shrunken. 
And you see, although God had decided to punish Solomon, Rehoboam came to manifest all the things that you have to do. And you know, I was reading this book, which is also a Bible, and he was saying that it's like the Lord had given these ones evil spirits to lead them astray. And he had given this one an angel to lead them to the right way. And it's true. Everybody who is going in the wrong way has been given an evil spirit. That's what the Bible says. That remember, we all used to walk according to the prince of the power of the air, according to the course of this world, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. So there is an evil spirit working in people who are going astray and leading them. Yeah. So you have to be very careful because an evil spirit can lead you to your destruction. So you must be careful that you do not become a bastard who is following a spirit and fulfilling prophecies. Amen. Now, in 2 Chronicles chapter 11, Amen. You see, Rehoboam did what he could do with one twelfth of what God had given him. Now, I believe that no one under the sound of my voice is going to have a reduced life and ministry because of bastardization. Amen. Amen. But rather, you are going to grow up and have all the 12 tribes of ministry and of life that God has planned for you. So now Rehoboam lived and married. He had similar problems to his father. You see the last verse and the last line in 2 Chronicles chapter 11 reveals that all the problems of his father, he had them in verse 23 of 2 Chronicles chapter 11. He says, and he desired many wives. So Rehoboam became just like his father and is one of the only people you hear such a comment about. He desired many wives, just like his father, thousand wives. He had about 88, which is quite a lot. It's like a church. Yes. He had only one twelfth of the tribes. So if he had had 12 tribes, 88 times 12 is what? Somebody should calculate 88 times 12. How much is that? Thousand plus, isn't it? One thousand and fifty-six. Now, in Second Chronicles, chapter twelve. Now, Rehoboam became calmer after his lowering. And he continued his life. Okay? Now look at what happened to Rehoboam in this amazing verse. And I'm coming to the formula that I said I was going to give you. How many are ready for that formula? 
Amen. Verse 1. Let's read it together. I mean, let's look at it on the screen. And it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and strengthened himself that he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. Mercy. So when he became established again, he went foolishness again. Verse 2. Then it came to pass that in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, only five years, eh, he was about to lose all the gold, all the gold in the temple. He lost everything. King Shishak of Egypt took everything, every gold that Solomon had been rich with. You know, the Bible says, if you don't honor your fathers, do you see, it will not be well with you. He lost everything. And he replaced the gold with brass through this shishak of Egypt. So you see, there are so many things God may have in store for you, but because of that mind of not honoring fathers, you don't get what you're supposed to get. But it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord. Verse 3. With 1,200 chariots. Wow. Three score thousand, 60,000 horsemen. And the people were without number. Huh? Siniazo. 60,000 horsemen came from Egypt to finish off Rehoboam. He wasn't expecting this at all. Yeah. They came out of Egypt. The Lubims and the Suklims. And the Ethiopians. Special forces came against this son who doesn't take advice from fathers. But rather makes himself speak roughly. Eh? And threatening people instead of humbling yourself as a child in your father's house. Look at it. And he took the fenced cities that pertained to Judah. Do you see? So he took all the towns that had walls. This Shishak of Egypt. It wasn't easy at all. Then he came to Jerusalem, which is where Rehoboam was. Now let's let come and see what is going to happen. How many want to know what is going to happen to Rehoboam in Jerusalem? Because Rehoboam is sitting in Jerusalem and they've taken all the towns. Do you see? Now, before Shishak could get there, okay, then came Shemaiah, the prophet. Are you glad about this prophet? <laughs> Shemaiah, the prophet, came to Rehoboam and to the princes of Judah that were gathered together because of because of what? Verse 5 please. Then came Shemaiah the prophet to Rehoboam, okay? 
Okay, let me read it here. Then came Shemaiah the prophet to the princes of Judah that were gathered together because of Shishak and said unto him. Okay? And said unto him, Thus says the Lord. That's what? Are you watching? Are you listening? This is a film we are watching. That says the Lord. The prophet is saying, You have forsaken me. Oh. Put it back, please, to what it was before. You have forsaken me, and therefore I have also left you in the hand of Shishak. Now here is now another example of someone rebuking you. You see, people don't like to hear correction and rebuke. That's why sometimes we speak to you as grown-ups. We don't speak to you as children. And here you have Rehoboam is now being spoken to by Shemaiah. Remember old men spoke to me, we didn't listen. These people speak to me, doesn't listen. But now Shemaiah has come and Shemaiah spoke into him. Now look at what happens next. Verse 6. Whereupon the princes of Israel. Do you see? And the king humbled themselves. And they said, the Lord is righteous. <laughs> he said what? The Lord is righteous. That is his response to uh, the rebuke, you say, the Lord is righteous. Not, what do you mean by this and that and that? So, the Lord is righteous. He humbled himself. That's how to be humble. You be humble and say, the Lord is righteous. The Lord, what, is, what the Lord is saying is it's true. It is true. He's right. You are right. That word, the Lord is righteous, it means you are right. As against you are wrong. As against it's not fair. I say, what do you mean? I say, why again? And why always? And what and what and what? Rehoboam now humbled himself and said, the Lord is righteous. Verse 7. Beautiful. And when the Lord saw, are you watching? That they humbled themselves. When the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, you see, God is watching your humility. He's always watching your humility. Whatever crisis you are facing, whatever situation you are in, he's watching your humility levels. And, he, and when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, they have humbled themselves. Therefore, I will not destroy them. But I will grant them some deliverance. I will grant them some deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. So humility. That was what he missed the first time. Humility. That's what he missed the first time. Humility. That's what, uh, what is his name? 
Rehoboam missed the first time. The first time, fathers and da, 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 da. But this time, he humbled himself. And how did he humble himself? He had three words, and that's the formula I'm giving you. The Lord is righteous. When you hear what I'm saying, the Lord is righteous. That's all. The Lord is righteous. When you are faced, you take your formula book. You have written the formula is what? The Lord is righteous. That's your answer. Take your pen and paper and mark it that this is my response to facings and corrections. The Lord is righteous. That's all. The Lord is righteous. God is actually a very righteous God. That's all. And from now till you die, if your father calls you and blasts you, you live to yourself, the Lord is righteous. And your father said, what did you say? I said, the Lord is righteous. What, what, what do you mean? I said, oh, God is righteous. The Lord is righteous. That is my response to all the, anything. Yes. If I call your face, say, the Lord is righteous. If your mother blasts you for not have, brushing your teeth 4 p.m. in the afternoon, you have not brushed your teeth, you have not bathed, you not, what do you do? Lift your hands and say, the Lord is righteous. <laughs> Just like Rehoboam. If you are facing the house, if your husband faces you that this and that, you just leave yourself. The Lord is righteous. Yes. And you know, saying that the Lord is righteous is your way of humbling yourself. Read it. He said that in Rehoboam, whereupon the princess, eh, not only Rehoboam, this time the others around him, they all joined to humble themselves because they remember the first time when they lost everything. So their response was, the princes of Israel humbled themselves and they said, the Lord is righteous. It's true, the Lord is righteous. That must be your formula and your response from today to 19 Kojohoho and 2021 Kojohoho, whatever year it shall be, eh, your response will be, the Lord is righteous. That's all. And they said, pardon? Pardon? What, what did you say? So the, I said, the Lord is righteous. What do you mean by that? I mean that the Lord is righteous. I'm not righteous. The Lord is righteous. When Peter was in the boat and the boat began to sing with Jesus, he never said, I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. It's, a, it's, a, it's an Arabic way of speaking. It's a spiritual way of speaking. You are speaking spiritual words and you are saying, Lord, I'm a sinful man. What does it mean? It means you are nothing. And this is a very great person standing before of you, pulling fish into the boat. The Lord is righteous. Yes. And it is your way of humbling yourself before the Lord. Verse 7. Let's keep going. Are you still part of the church service? Yes. Now, and when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, what was the humility? The humility was when they said the Lord is righteous. God is, everything God is doing is good. Everything God is saying, it is the right thing. Everything that is happening, it is the right thing. God is good. God is righteous. God is great. The Lord is righteous. That means you are escaping from being a bastard. And you are actually a son who is accepting the chastening of the Lord. That's why you are saying the Lord is righteous. His whips, his lashes is righteous. Now, he goes on, okay, and he moves into verse 8. Nevertheless, God said he's going to 
show something. Eh? Do you want to see what God is going to show? Yes. Which brings us to today's message, which I have not yet started. <laughs> but because of time, I have to. But it's going to bring us to today's message. Yes. Yeah. He said, look at the next verse. Nevertheless, shall they shall be his servants. That is Shishak's servants. That they may know my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. Which is not easy to see. So change the version. Change the version to any of the versions you like. Any version. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. That they will become his subjects. So they will know the difference between serving me and serving earthly rulers like Pharaoh. You know the difference. But then you have not difference. There's a difference, you mean. There's a difference. You see something from Shishak. You see something from Shishak so that you will know the difference between serving me and serving earthly rulers. Change the version because some people think that it's a special version that I brought. Ah, and they will become his slaves so that they may learn the difference between my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. Change the version again to another version. NIV, anyone you like. What I will do though is make them Shishak's subjects. They will learn the difference between serving me and serving human kings. My Lord and my God. You see the difference. The difference. There's a difference between serving God and serving human kings. That was the instead of killing them, just become a servant in the world. You see the difference. Change the version again. NIV, anyone, anyone, amplified. Uh-huh. They will, however, become subject to him so that they may learn the difference between serving me and serving the kings of other lands. Which brings me to my topic of lay people and the ministry. <laughs> lay people and the ministry. Yes. <laughs> lay people who are serving God and the ministry. They are serving God. Serving God. Serving God. What a blessing it is for all of us to be invited and included and given an opportunity to serve God whether paid or unpaid that is not the matter it is that you are his servant of God, you are his servant working and you see the difference between serving God and serving human kings If you ever get a chance to have so much work to do that you have to be full-time, that's another blessing. 
but for serving God, you must be. Without lay people, huh? and you say, I am, I am your father sharing with you that you must be a minister and a servant of God, whether lay or full time. You must be in his service. So many people who serve God, they are doing what I cannot do, what full-time pastors cannot do because they are lay people and all students are lay, are lay people. Yeah. All people who are not paid by the church or they are not, they are, once you have not written a letter of employment, application, and you have been interviewed and given an employment, you are not an employee of the church. That's the only way you can become an employee. You have to write a letter of application and be interviewed and be given a letter of acceptance. That is how you become full-time in this church. Because we've been to school and we have been practicing there for more than 30 years. Beautiful. How many of you have written an application letter? How many have not written an application letter? Can you not be a servant of God still? You can. And many people are. Now, give me a microphone. Give me a microphone. That is working. You will not check it for me. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yes. Are you being paid to carry this microphone? No. Transport? No transport. Shoe allowance for wear and tear on your shoes. Are you giving shoe allowance? No, please. Many people are helped when a lay person, you see, and this church, now the church is not full. It, it, it can be far, because it's not that we have let ourselves see the work. Well, we want, we want to work more. Every lay person, every, you see, you are not used to hearing the word lay, 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 but you see, that's what it is. We categorize. Now, where's my brother who came to see me in the office? What's your name? Come, come. What's your name again? Kelvin. Kevin. Come. Yes. Now, take the microphone. Sit down, I'll show you something. Yeah. Now, which country are you from? Um, I'm from the UK, Prophet. UK? The UK. England. England. To be specific. You came to visit? I came to visit, Prophet. Wow. Now, tell us where you were. How was your life before? Before Christ? Just give us, I mean, an idea. You don't have to give us, I mean, the... (laughs) But there's detail, but at least some detail for us to have an idea of who you are. Do you want to know? Stand here. Massive. So, my life before I was saved, as I was explaining to Prophet earlier on this morning, as I was explaining to Prophet earlier on this morning, at about 17 years old, um, when I started working, is when I'd say I began to become wild. And by wild, I mean, at 17 years old, I would go to festivals. So if people from the UK are around, I'm sure you can identify with festivals. 
No, we can't identify with Percival, so we don't know so, what is a festival. <laughs> what so, is a festival? Is it a <laughs> festival? We don't, we don't understand the festival. Okay, okay. <laughs> we have in Ghana some homowa festivals oh, okay, and okay. Ajira, Ajira, is it Ojira festival? Uh. So the the festivals I'm talking about, Bishop, is so I would finish work on a Friday, and I would go home. I would pick up my bag, which was already packed from the night before, and I would go to a far place. So I live in Luton, but sometimes I would go to Upminster in London, or I would go to Leicester, or I would go to Milton Keynes. I would book a hotel, Bishop, for three nights, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. You had money for offering to oh, of course, a hotel? Bishop, of course, of course. Wow. So I would book a hotel, and then I would have my festival starter pack. So within your festival starter pack, for those who used to go to festivals, there are three things that we used to say you need to enjoy a festival. You need drugs, you need alcohol, and of course there's going to be girls, so you need some condoms. 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 Yeah. That's your starter pack. Starter pack. If you want to make sure you have a good time, that's your festival starter pack. Wow. So what I would do, Bishop, is... At the age of what? 17 was when it started. So I would go to these festivals, Prophet, and on the Friday you get there, and it starts in the evening. So it starts around 6 o'clock in the evening. You would party, you would... There'd be music, there'd be dancing. And what we used to do, Prophet, is we used to sneak drugs into the festival. So we used to sneak drugs like MDMA... Um, drugs like ket, which is actually ketamine, which is a horse tranquilizer. A horse tranquilizer. A horse tranquilizer is actually what ketamine is used for. Messy. We would sneak in weed. Alcohol was provided, but we would sneak in the drugs ourselves. And from 6 in the evening to 12 midnight on the first night, Friday night, we would party. Then you would wake up again on the Saturday. The festival starts at 6 a.m., and you would party from early, early morning. Early session. morning, prophet. Just like a camp. Just like a camp. Just like a camp. You see, all the camps we've been having for years, you get it. Not knowing they've been having festivals doing this same thing. Continue, tell them. Wow. So on the Saturday. 6 a.m. 6 a.m., prophet. Because you have to get there for 6 a.m. Because your entry starts about 8 to 9 o'clock. If you don't get there for 6 a.m., you can't enter and go to good space at the front of the festival. So you have to get there early to queue up. So you get there at 6 a.m. So from 6 a.m., you would go inside at about 9 o'clock and you would party for about 9 a.m. till midnight. And because the parties were so long, Prophet, we needed the drugs like MDMA because when you take MDMA, what we used to call it is a pick-me-up. Because you start at 9, at about 5 o'clock, you're too tired to party. So you need something to give you, yeah, like, yeah. Energy. Energy, energy. <laughs> but the problem we've taken... But, so from 9 to 5, what, what are you doing in the room? Oh, Prophet, I'm, I'm smoking, I'm drinking, I'm collecting numbers. Um, so what we used to do, Prophet, is we used to take the ket, the ketamine that you sneak in, we would put it into water and we would drink it. 
because the taste of it wasn't great. So you put it in water and you drink it. And it's got the same taste, but it, it dilutes it and dissolves it. But it has the same effect. So from nine to five, we say in the morning, you start with the weed. Yeah, you start with the weed and the alcohol. Then as you're getting tired, you progress onto the, the MDMA and the, the energy-based drugs. Continue telling us about your life. <laughs> so the next session on the Sunday, the Sunday, I would say the Sunday would, was the day where the drugs were the most. Because you've been partying from Friday night, Saturday night. So now you need more on the Sunday night. And one of the things I used to see a lot, Prophet, was mainly on the second day and the third day, we would say the person's having something called a come down. So a come down is when you've been so high on drugs for such a long period of time and you stop taking the drugs, you almost enter a state of depression, Prophet. So I would see people on the floor, depressed, thinking about life. I remember one occasion, I was with my friend and we were partying and I looked to my left and on the floor there was a, a young girl and her mouth was foaming, she was shaking and there was about maybe about 20,000 people in the room and because everybody was high profit, nobody acknowledged her and she was just there. Say that again. Oh me, I didn't come down. I made sure I stayed up. I, I never wanted to come down. So that was my life before. And then, so how I got saved, as I was saying to Prophet this morning, was one day I was at home and my sister came home from church and she said, Kevin, when I went to church today, um, the pastor preached. And the pastor at the time was Reverend Kofi Ai, who's my pastor in MSCI Luton. Kofi Ai is a lay pastor. He has never been paid five pounds since I've known him. I never preached to this boy, a lay pastor who works in Luton, eh? Luton. He lives there. That's the person. He has been transferred so many times across England. Continue. So I remember my sister came home and she said to me, Kevin, I had this feeling. So as a big brother, I said, no, I'm going to go to this place and check out this weird feeling. Feeling of what? Like she, so she said she felt convicted by the Holy Spirit to give her life to Christ. And I was like, what kind of hypnotizing, weird thing is going on in this church? So I said, I'll go there. We're coming to check our hypnotism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has forgiven you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The Lord Amen. is the righteous. Lord is righteous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I went, Prophet, because she invited me. I went. But before I entered church that day, I remember around the corner from our church, we have where the cars park. And I parked my car there with my friend. And I smoked a zoot, which is weed. So I smoked some weed. Then I went into the church. Now, you said you used to take the drug and you knew that you could die. Yeah, so when we were at the festival, one of the things I was saying to Prophet is, with MDMA, whenever you would buy it at the festival, whenever you go to the person, they tell you, be careful, this drug is homemade. Be careful, the drug is homemade. And you could die. And I was saying to Prophet, um, there's a festival in Milton Keynes. It doesn't exist anymore. But it used to be called EDC, so Electric Dance, I um, can't remember the C, but Electric Dance something. And I remember at this festival, there was loads of MDMA, and people were just taking drugs, taking drugs, taking drugs. And about three o'clock in the afternoon, the whole festival was cancelled, because it was the first time that I had personally witnessed that somebody had got the one 
they used to tell you, be careful, you can get a bad batch. And there was a, a young lady who had taken the bad batch. And about three o'clock in the afternoon, helicopters were landing, police were coming, ambulances were coming, because this young lady had died from the drug. And I remember every time I'd go to a festival, we would say to our friends, before we take it, we would say, we hope this isn't one of the ones from the bad batch. So some of the drugs were bad. Were bad. That said that when you take it, you will die. You could die. And you just always hope that you are not taking the You're not taking the one, one that would die. But you're always taking it too. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they weren't done in measurements and calculations in the lab. Uh, it's just a guy in his kitchen mixing some things up. So there was always a possibility. But when I think back to it, Prophet, we knew the risk. We knew the risk. But we still, we still carried so on. So you were saying you went to church, you went to church, you were high. So I went to church and I was high. And I remember when I entered the church, my, the pastor, my pastor now, Reverend Kofi was preaching. A lay pastor. A lay pastor. And I had the same feeling that my sister was talking about. But because I was high, I thought it was the drugs. So I said, no, 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 I'm not giving my life to Christ. It's just because I'm high. Maybe I'm having some weird confusion symptoms or... Yeah, maybe I'm coming down. Yeah, maybe I'm coming down. So I said, no, I'm not going to give my life to Christ. And the following week, I said, you know what? I wouldn't mind going back to church, but I already had another festival booked. I remember the date, Prophet. It was the 27th of May was the day I was landing in my hotel. So I had a festival booked for the 27th of May, 2017. So I remember I went to the festival. I was partying, doing what I always do. And on the Sunday, another layperson, she was in charge of the new believers. A lay pastor who was in charge, not Bishop Dagwood Mills. No, a lay person bishop. So it was just a young lady. Wow. Lay people and the ministry. She did what? What did she do? So she texted me, Prophet, on the Sunday. She said, oh, I can't see you in church today. Where are you? And where I was at the time, Prophet, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't answer the question. So I decided to look at it and put it in my pocket. But I remember, Prophet, the same lay person throughout the whole week, followed me up, kept messaging me, and I said, you know what, I'll go back again. And the funny thing is, Prophet, when I went back the second time, there was a different layperson, so still a layperson, but a different layperson, and this time it was my youth pastor, Pastor Alex. And I Pastor remember he, Alex? Pastor Alex, yes, he was wow. in charge of the youth church at the time. And I remember he preached a message on how you can be a strong Christian. And I remember in that service, I sat there and I said to myself, do you know what, I don't know if I can be a strong Christian, but at least let me try and be a Christian. I don't know if I can be a strong Christian, but at least let me try and be a Christian. And I remember, Prophet, I had the same feeling again, but this time I knew it wasn't the, the drugs. I knew it was... Because you were not high. I wasn't high, Prophet, so I knew it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can give you more than any drugs can give you. And then you gave your life to and Christ. And then I gave my life to Christ. And there are even times now, Prophet, where I say to people in church, because I'm now a Gwacenta leader in the church, and I say to them, You are, Look, you are a what? I'm a Gwacenta leader. Gwacenta? Yeah, wow. my church, Prophet. And one of the things I always say to the young guys, Prophet, is, trust me, I have experienced many, many different highs, but I can testify that one of the greatest is the highness of the Holy Spirit, Prophet. Wow. And you are married now? I'm married now. That's what? my wife. Where? Come, there. come, come. Who 
officiated your wedding. Come and stand right by your husband. Our lay pastor, Reverend your, Kofi. Your lay pastor officiated your wedding. Yeah. And then our lay general overseer, Reverend John Sam as well. Reverend Joe. John, Reverend John Sam. John Sam, re, lay general overseer. Northampton. Yeah. I think he's been transferred to Leicester now. He's been transferred to Leicester. Yeah. A lay person. Yeah. This is the you see, this is the fruit of lay people and the ministry. If if I don't preach about lay people and the ministry, when you see these people standing here, yes, people are not paid but have understood. Have you written any application letter to 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 to, to? no? Not at all, Beautiful. And so many people will be saying, so I tell you, all of you here, if you just care to open your mouth. Being a good Christian is not just sitting in church and sowing seeds, financial money, seeds that you sow. There's more to it. This, this soul, Bible says that what shall you give in exchange for your soul? The whole world, you cannot give these two souls. Were you also in the festivals? No, you were not in the festival. But these two souls saved. You cannot value the whole what, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose just a soul? It's not worth the whole of our Christ, not worth these souls. And these souls have been won by Pastor Kofi Ayer, Pastor, Pastor, Alex. Pastor Alex, calling him, calling him. And then when they came to the church, eh, there was an anointing in the church. You see, because you can see that they have been saved by power. It's the Holy Spirit. Because even the topic... The topic the day you were saved was what? How to be a strong Christian. How oh. to be... Control man. Speak. Hello? Yeah. How to be a strong Christian. How to be a strong Christian. And he realized that, okay, the topic, you know, is not really working for me, but if I can just be a Christian. Yes. And here they are today. Wow. What an amazing blessing. I want to encourage everybody here. You see, when God told he was going to punish Rehoboam, he said, I will let you serve the kings of this world. So you know the difference between serving whatever. And I'm sure Pastor Kofi Aya is going to, he will always be encouraged. When you see the people, real people, real people saved by somebody, I don't know him, I met him today for the first time. He came to see me. And he said he just has a testimony and an offering. He says he has been blessed. Because I'm connected to him, even though he's never seen me. Have you ever seen me face to face like this not before? We're not expecting to be on stage today, not isn't at it? All, yes. Not at all, never, never, never ever seen you, Bishop. Never ever seen me. But through the podcast, I hear your voice every day, but I never see you. Wow. Thank God for lay pastors. Clap for lay pastors all over. Clap for yourself. Clap for lay pastors in England. Lay pastors in America. Lay pastors in Accra. Lay pastors in Kumasi. Lay pastors who have worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. I said clap for lay pastors who have worked and worked and worked and worked and built the church for years and years and years. Never asking for anything. Never expecting anything. Never wanting anything, never demanding anything. Only they love God and they want to do the service of God. Clap for them. These are the fruits of 
who does not understand what lay people are, you've not understood this church. It's a mighty foundation of all that we stand for. And all the lay pastors, they are grateful. They are grateful that. And you see, if, even though it, he, he got saved through pastor I, in another denomination, the spiritual connection is there. That is why he gets to know about the podcast and he starts to flow in the hearing the word and changing and growing. Listen, you see this church all here, upstairs, everywhere, all here will be filled with souls, not, not from me personally. My job is to feed the sheep, but the sheep are supposed to give birth. Yes, I'm to feed the sheep, then the sheep go and give birth. No, they are giving birth. No, they are giving birth. No, they are giving birth. That is the beauty of the Lord. Lift your hand. Let me pray. I feel like praying for you. Stretch your hand towards this amazing salvation. How many are glad for salvation? Pure salvation. Father, thanks for your blessing. Thanks for your blessing for their lives. I know that you use them, Lord. I know that you touch them. I know that you show them great mercy. And I know that you bless their family. And I thank you for Pastor Kofi Ayer and Pastor Alex and the others who officiated weddings, who won souls, who followed up, who preached, who stood in town, who rented halls, who went around from place to place, who went talking and preaching and ministering. I thank you, Father, for their lives. And I ask that you bless all of them and bless the lay pastors. Multiply lay pastors until there is more than 12,000 lay pastors all over the world. We thank you for this great blessing and blessed movement of the lay ministry, lay people and the ministry. I give you praise, Father. I give you thanks, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen and Amen and Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, Kevin. And your wife's name? Cynthia. Cynthia. Wow. You're blessed. Thank you so much, Prophet. God bless you. you. Jesus has saved you. Amen. Now come back. Come back, the two of you. What camp were you listening to? I remember after I got saved, Prophet, one of the things that Pastor Alex would always say to me is listen to camp messages. So I remember I was watching a camp. Mike. I was watching a camp called How Can I Say Thanks? How can I say thanks? And I remember, Prophet, in the camp, I remember Bishop Joshua's testimony. And he gave a testimony about how he got saved and how he was in a prayer meeting. And after that prayer meeting or during the prayer meeting, he felt like the Holy Spirit convicted him. And I remember thinking, and I remember someone else sharing a testimony about how they were in a car accident and how so many other things have happened to them. And I remember thinking to myself, Prophet, that I would have been dead, or I don't know what my life would have been. So there's no other way I can say thank you to God, but to just give my life to him. And to no other way than to give your life to him and to say thank you. Father, thank you for this blessing. Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Put your hands together for this amazing every standing to your feet please. Every standing, every standing, every standing.
every standard. I feel that many of us are going to give our lives to Jesus. How many are here want to give your life to work for him? Raise your hand. Let me pray for you. I think it's an altar call, but I think everybody will come forward. Lord, look at the hands that are lifted up today and take their lives. Take our lives and use us, Lord. If you can use anything, use us. Use us and use us again. We give you praise, Lord. We give you thanks, Father. We know that the good work that you have begun in the lay ministry, you are going to raise up lay people in many more countries apart from even the UK, in Asia. You are going to raise up men who be lay people in the ministry in every Asian country, standing there and living for you over there and in many other places doing their jobs and serving God. I thank you for your blessing for the whole church, for the lay people and the ministry. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And everybody shouted a big and a loud Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe somebody invited you, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me then lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you on this special day. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. Somebody invited me, but deep down in my heart, I know that I need God. I need Jesus. Wherever you are standing, I don't care if you've been before, maybe this is the first time, maybe this is the second time, but God is telling you, today, give your life. Today, come to Jesus. Wherever you are, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just lift up your hand like this. God bless you. Lift it up high. I see your hand. I see your hand. God sees your hand. That's what's most important. God sees your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. If you've lifted up your hand, you want to give your life to God today, come to me in the front here. Come. Come from where you are standing. Come. Come from the back. Come on. Come. Come from wherever you are. Come quickly. Come. Come. Come from the back. Come all the way. Come and stand here. I'm going to pray with you today. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to God. He'll save you. He'll save you from drugs. He'll save you from alcohol. He'll save you from boys and girls. He'll save you from all kinds of evil. Come on.
Lift your hands and say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I open my heart and I give my life to Jesus Christ. Please write my name in the book of life. Please wash away my sins with the blood of Jesus. From today, I am a child of God. From today, I give my heart to God. Lord Jesus, wash me with the blood of Jesus. Make me a new person from today. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. God bless you. Clap for these wonderful people. I'm giving you right now one of my books as a gift. This little prayer you pray there is like wedding vows. Do you take, I take you as my wedded wife? Amen. You are married. So this small prayer you've prayed, you are saved. Say amen. And this book is my special gift to you. You are giving your life to Jesus and I'm giving you this. I want you to read it between today and tomorrow. How many will read it? Because as I'm giving you, I need you to read it because one of these books costs what? 50 CDs. So I'm giving you as a gift, so I need you to read it by tomorrow. If not by tomorrow, by next Sunday. How many will read it? Raise your hands. When you go read it, somebody asks, what are you reading? So I'm reading something. And God is going to bless you. Amen? Now all of you who've come forward, please go this way with our pastor. He's going to show you somewhere to sit and then we will show you what to do next. Go this way. Put your hands together and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Are you glad for pure salvations? Oh yes. God will bless you and he will show you the difference between serving him and serving the world. Amen. Take your holy communion and during the holy communion time we are praying for healing. How many want healing? Stand to your feet. The cup of blessing. Take it, this is my body which was broken for you. Drink, this is my blood which was shed for you. Take the bread. Whoever eats my flesh whoever eats my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drinking deep oh, the cup of blessing which we bless it's the communion of the blood of Christ the bread which we break it's the communion of the body of Christ oh this is the holy meal the meal of sustain you, it will make you whole, it will give you life, when I see the blood when I see the blood
Father, we thank you for healing of our lives and of our broken bodies. Thank you for your power that is manifested in our lives. We give you praise and we give you glory. The body of Jesus Christ. away your sins make you cleansed and forgiven the mistakes of Rehoboam will never be associated with you humility will be associated with you your words will be clear the Lord is righteous may your mistakes be covered under the blood of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus Lift your hands for your blessing. Now, may he who started a good work in your life bring it to a perfect end. May everyone under the sound of my voice grow up to become a lay minister, a lay pastor, a lay Shepherd, a lay pastor, leader, lay something, doing something for Jesus. May everyone under the sound of my voice experience the blessing and the joy of winning souls and establishing people in Christ. May everyone under the sound of my voice see one day a soul, soul that you have brought to Him, soul that you have brought to Jesus, saying thank you, thank you to God for what He has done for you. May the salvation that you have experienced be extended to others. May the blessing that you have received be extended to others. May you be blessed with the blessing of Abraham who was blessed saying, Thou shalt be a blessing. May you therefore become a blessing to many through the blessings of Abraham. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let me hear your loudest Amen. Let me hear your loudest amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.